Welcome to my dad's podcast, My Blackest Challenge National, Season 3. You can find us on anywhere you like to listen to good podcasts. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of my Blackest Transnational special talk series, Growing Up Immigrant. And um, I'm Dr. Kaleji Bay Lamberts, and I have on today for a special guest with a possible fifth that'll be joining us to just talk about all the things that we've been through growing up immigrant um, in various households and just the trauma, the blessings, the all the good vibes and the bad ones. We're, we're going to try to share it all out. So, um, I will start with having us introduce ourselves really quickly. If anyone wants to just jump in um, and I'll, or I'll just pick whichever one works. But if you introduce yourselves really quickly and where you're from and where you're at, you know, what you're doing, and then we'll get into it. All right, so I, what I see in front of me is I see Ashley. So Ashley, you want to go first? All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley, um, Ashley Simpson. I'm originally from the suburbs of Chicago. I'm currently in D.C. and I'm a data analyst, so that's actually what brought me out here. Where are your people from? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, kind of mixed in a fun way. My parents are both technically Jamaican, but my mom actually grew up immigrant as well. She uh, ended up in England for most of her childhood and then back in Jamaica as an adult. So she's British Jamaican. My dad is Jamaican Jamaican. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Welcome, um, Namin. Hey, so I'm Namin. I grew up in Chicago. Um, I work in technology and finance, and I'm originally from Chicago. All right, all right. Um, Hatu. Hello, everyone. My name is Hatu Kanu. I am originally from Raleigh, North Carolina. I am Nigerian. Both my parents are Nigerian immigrants. I am currently trying to weather the storm of this pandemic. Just recently graduated from business school. And yeah, I'm glad to be here. Congratulations on that. Thank um, you. Sir. All right, and last but not least, we have our very own returning guest, Leslie. What's up? Thanks for having me again. Glad to be here. Uh, my name is Leslie Guam. I'm from the suburbs of Chicago as well. Um, I am currently in LA though, where I work for Spotify in operations for their podcast team. And I'm Nigerian. Uh, my dad immigrated here in 1988, and my mother's actually American. It's a very long story. She grew up both in Nigeria and America. All right, so we have all these various backgrounds and um, various experiences, and we'll we'll try to see how much we have in common and how much or uh, how different our experiences were through this conversation. But the first question I'll ask, and we just kind of get into it, is if you had to give me one word that described your upbringing in your in your immigrant household what would that word be and i used to i'll give you <laughs> i'll give you one and a bonus but give me the one first cultural clash okay okay all right cultural clash let's just try to make it hyphenated then let's try to fake hyphenate that cultural clash all right um anyone else I just feel like a lot. A lot? <laughs> a lot, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to condense it to one word. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, I, I am very rarely dumbfounded, and this one has me, <laughs> has me confused. I can't even think of, of one word or one concept. It's just, it's just a very convoluted... Convoluted theory. might be the word. <laughs> yeah, I think it's convoluted. Yeah, I think it's convoluted. 
for various ways, from various manners and ways. But yeah, convoluted. I would, I think, is what I would go with. Okay. All right. I'll, 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 I'll stick with diverse. Diverse. All <laughs> diverse. right. All right. All right. I hear no, no. And Leslie, you said culture clash. No man, you said a lot. No one said painful. <laughs> no one said. <laughs> no one said um, frustrating. No one said any of that. All right. So let's let's get into let's get into it as to why we picked these particular words. So Hatu, I want to hear why you said convoluted because you were said you were a little bit dumbfounded from the situation. So why convoluted? Right. And I I'm I'm usually very rarely at a loss for words, but I think it's convoluted because there's so many different aspects that are strong tenants for the upbringing right like i tried to think of like all right what was the core bedrock of what our experience was growing up um and it's funny enough that i'm back in the house that i grew up in now and some of those memories are coming back as we speak but the importance of education was almost a core tenement always Mm. um faith was also a very core tenement as well um uh, family, just family values or valuing a family, right? It was a very core aspect. And then also just like integrity was also a very core aspect. Now, I think that a lot of times the stereotype is that sometimes these are done in extremity um, in some households, mm-hmm. but my parents were made a pretty um, significant effort and pretty concerted effort to try and make sure that there, everything was done in moderation right mm-hmm. so like even though it's like we understand that this is a very important part of the, like faith is a very important part it's not to the point where it's like too extreme right as to like push away other aspects yeah. so just now like having grown up i am starting to have true appreciation for the true balancing act that my parents did and um, that they instilled in the household, even if it, even as it comes down to something as language too, because I sp- I'm Igbo, I mm-hmm. speak Igbo, I grew up speaking Igbo. My grandmothers uh, were here babysitting us. My grandmothers are still in the house. They taught us Igbo, and my parents were very insistent that they only speak Igbo to us. However, my parents would speak English to us. We learn English in school, and it's always and still is a mix of both languages when we're at home. So, yeah, there was a lot going on. You know, I feel the part of me that jealous you a little bit, you know, (laughs) because seriously, like with the Igbo language, I mean, my dad is Igbo and my mom Mm -hmm. is like Yoruba slash um, Kalaba. Like, but Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, my my family got caught up in the Anglophonic appeal you know, mm-hmm. to wanting to learn English because English puts you at this higher standard, you know, that colonial mindset where I don't, I didn't get to learn the language. And when moving to America, my grandma didn't necessarily have the, um, she wasn't able to come and live with us in that type of situation, but I missed out on being able to learn Igbo. But I grew up, my mom speak Yoruba, so I understood Yoruba and even right. like some Ghanaian, like I knew a little bit of Ghana and, and things like that, but never the full fledged, like talk to me only in this language and I'm not responding to English. You know what I mean? That type yeah, of vibe. Yeah. yeah. So like, I feel like that is a very crucial part. And and then we'll talk a little bit more about like what, you know, we think we're missing out when we when growing up, but like that right there, I feel like that is really dope. Like that's a really yeah. dope thing that helps you when you're an adult. Oh, hundred percent. I think that one of the things um, that plays into it, cause I have cousins um, on my mom's side that 
the dad is Yoruba, my uncle's Yoruba, and then my mom's sister is obviously Igbo. Yeah. So they, my cousins, I don't believe that they speak either, right? So it's not like it's a clash, mm. right? It's like they don't, they both don't, they'll speak a little bit here and there, yeah. and then they'll joke around in like little phrases that they know. But I think that it's something that has to, it, it doesn't just happen, right? It has to be a very concerted effort. And from what my parents have said, it seems like after the Civil War, um, a lot of people have made it, had a lot of people put a lot more emphasis on Igbo culture mm -hmm. and language and things like that. Like my brothers and I, none of us have um, any English names, mm. right? And I think that's one of the things that's just very new mm. because like my mom's name is Angela, mm. right? And all her siblings, they all have like anglo names yeah so i think it's just like the concerted effort has in that generation increased um due to living through that that's dope man that's dope and leslie you said culture clash so i want to hear what why you say culture clash you got that one plus yeah i mean because you just try to compare your homes to those of your american friends and you just can't right i mean even something as simple as like oh what's up Saying that to your parents, like, who, who are you talking to? <laughs> I could never get away with something like that in my parents, at my parents' house. But my friends, that's how they casually spoke to their parents. You know, like some people would tell their parents, like, oh, like, shut up, mom. And I would be scared for their lives, you know? <laughs> that would never happen in my household, which was like, it's also just like a universal black thing. But then even when it came to like social gatherings, such as like prom and homecoming, like, at least on my end, my mother's American. She understood the importance of those things from a social aspect. But my dad, as I mentioned before, Kel, my dad was very much like, you go to school and study. Why Why am I spending money on a dress for you to go to a party? Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so things like that. Oh, my God. No, the whole part of just, um, and he talked about this in the first group as well, but just yeah. that idea <laughs> of, like, what's up, mom? <laughs> Oh like even saying that like what like you just tensed up right now yeah like you're like <laughs> at like, your big what? age at my age exactly like at my old age like for me i just, I just called my mom like there's no way i can even be like hey what's up mom like like what who are you talking oh man that's that's trouble i don't know but but ashley talk to me about your word and you said diverse and i want to hear did you did, was it was it like that in jamaican culture could you just tell your people's like wagwan just oh, like absolutely not so this is why i say diverse um it was definitely you know morning and night you know good morning daddy good mm -hmm. afternoon daddy good evening daddy mm -hmm. um and to my mother i ha actually had my grandmother in the house with me as well but i had the interesting dynamic which why i said diverse because my dad he grew up, so Jamaica is very classist, mm. very classist. So both my families are upper middle class and that allowed, well, they're, you know, your typical kind of rich kid getting away with crap type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I have this two-sided dad essentially where he has one side where he's very, you know, professional and upstanding. And then, you know, even to his parents, you know, yes, daddy, you know, yes, mommy, everything like that. But then my parents were worried and my family was worried that my first word is going to be a swear word, you know, in Jamaican patois kind of thing, because my dad just, he's talking in patois all the time around me. Then the flip side is my mom, she grew up mostly in England. So she has an English accent, you know, she's speaking the Queen's English. So I have all this going on with me. And then my mom's mother is who lived with us and she's Jamaican. So I have 
two Jamaican voices, one English voice, and this weird little American voice that sometimes goes into Patois, sometimes going to like British English. And I'm like, I, you know, where do I fit in? What am I doing? Where is it coming from? But overall, yes, the still greeting my parents and grandparents formally was insanely important. Oh my gosh, eating at the table. That my grandma, I don't know how she's not dead yes. right now because got oof. Because I'm over here, you know, just using a fork. And she's like, what are you doing? Where is your knife? <laughs> or, you know, I'm eating soup. And I'm coming forward. Oh, no, 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 no. You go backwards. So oh all, God. you know, all these things <laughs> coming into play in life. But then, as you can hear, you know, I'm very Americanized. You know, there is no real other language that I had outside of English. It was just an accent, really. So, and... It's funny even thinking that with like Jamaican Patois because what we hear now isn't what I would consider true Patois. True mm -hmm. Patois is mostly different West African languages mixed with Spanish and English. And I would say even more Spanish than English mm -hmm. with that. And I can barely understand it. I had great aunts and uncles that spoke it and my great grandparents spoke it and stuff, but my parents don't really do that. So the Patois that we hear now is kind of your equivalent to just slang mm. you know and with an accent so it's still technically mostly english that i had you know pure english going in and out of my ears so that's why i say kind of diverse with just yeah, you have what a, was a happening mix, you have like a mixture within the mixture already right like that's, right. that's really you know that intercultural like diversity that already exists where you know people all will make that assumption that well all jamaicans are you know just jamaican right like but there's 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 levels to it absolutely and for my mom's side she she's mixed so she's actually chinese jamaican and oh, it's very prevalent so yes, that's very common yeah so there's a lot of fun stuff happening <laughs> I, I, I know someone you know and i know someone i'm really close with in one of the programs in, in, in that went to an NYU who has the last name Chung. And I'm like, okay, you know, this has got to be something that's Asian related. And then when I talked to her, she got the whole Jamaican accent and I had to just like, okay, so I had to pretend like, okay, this is, this is cool. This is normal. This should be, this, but I still was just like marveled by like, wait, why, how did it become that Asian name with the Jamaican and I'm like, she married too, but I'm like, she looked, I'm like, and then she obviously, you know, we had a conversation and she explained that there's a lot of Asian influence in Jamaica. And I was like, wow. Huge, wow. hugely so. Um, so I have that. And then I actually even have a lot of white Jamaican family. So it's, it's been fun. <laughs> friends, <laughs> friends will meet my family. They're like, your grandpa's definitely Chinese, right? I'm like, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Oh my God. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And then, all right, Namin, last but not least, man, you said a lot. So you, you're going to be the one that's really kicking us off because a lot can mean a lot. So what do you mean by a lot? I mean, well, you know, my upbringing, of course, um, for me, a lot is just, so let me preface it. So I'm from Accra, Ghana. Yes. Because most of my father was the one that raised me. So that's where I connect the most. But my mom is also Nigerian. So that's how you and I are related. And it's just like growing up, obviously, my dad had two households. He had this whole two, two wives thing and me going back and forth and then a million siblings. And then I have to, you know, go to your house and deal with your mom speaking all the Nigerian stuff. Then I got to go home and hear all the Ghanaian stuff. Then I got to go over here and hear about tree. And then it's like it's just so many different cultures that I have to experience. I know like sometimes I come to your house and I'd be like, hi, and she'd be like, 
get on the floor, kneel down. That's how you greet. <laughs> okay then. But then when I go to Ghanaian places, I could stand straight. So it's one of those things where it's like I had to figure out what to do given you know where I am. It was just a whole lot going on, and don't like let's not even get it twisted with going to school and then getting with your you know American friends, and they're doing like like she said, you know, saying what's up to their parents, acting like you know their best friends. I mean now we're cool, but back then, oh absolutely not. Yeah. Let me get into the house and not say good morning or not greet or act like I could just start a sentence, even in text message. Like I could text my father and be like, hey, dad, this is what I need. Did you greet? Bruh, what? Did I what? It's a text message. It's straight to the point. You know, so it's just so many different things that like it literally took 27 years to get here. I kid you. Not. <laughs> it really. So obviously to not to not to bury the lead too much. The men's my cousin. And, um, you know, so. I do, I can testify to some of the things that she's sharing, especially when it comes to my my parents, and she can attest to how my mom is when it comes to certain things, and that greeting part, man, <laughs> like, it's just, there's something, but you know what, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, as a parent now, I see it, you know, like, I kind of see some things when, especially with the greeting part, it's like, I see it now with my kids, and I'm like, yeah, you need to, you need to greet, like, don't come into, but it also, you know, I also realized that, and it's very similar to what you said, how to, where there's some things that, that shape us, where as an adult, you start to see like, okay, it, it was frustrating as a kid, but then when you go out into the world and you start to see like your kids are greeting other people and other people are like, oh my God, he's so well-mannered and he's so like, man, like, obviously it's annoying, especially when you do it to white people, but it's like, when you see it, you're just like, oh, okay. Like, then you start to feel a little proud as a parent. Like, yeah, I raised my kid, right? They have proper home training and all those things that African parents like to take pride in and put stars on their fridges for whatever. But I, you know, I think that for me, I feel the word to some, to, to in some degrees, the word to me sometimes feels like, I feel like it's a plot twist. Like, that would be how I describe my upbringing because I was so hell-bent on the fact that, like, I was missing out on life, right? Like, I thought growing up, especially me being at that time the oldest, um, you know, I had an older sister that passed from sickle cell, but, like, me being the new oldest, uh, it was a lot of, you get that pressure of being the oldest, but also being the oldest boy, right? And, And then you get that pressure of having to, and, I mean, you know, being the one that sets the trend for others, so... I felt like I was missing out on stuff. I was being deprived of certain things that other, you know, people can do. Like, I don't know about y'all, but like, what was it like if you wanted to go hang out with your friends? Let's talk about the process of having to go hang out with your friends when you were a kid. What was that like? Oh boy. <laughs> okay. So it's funny that you said that. Cause I, I'm the oldest of three. Okay. Um, and we're all we're all well i guess we're men now but we're all boys mm-hmm. right three boys and it was i i also would like to think and know for a fact it's not even think i was the guinea pig right? <laughs> you, it's the trial period yes and by too. the time it came to the end like they're a little under five years that, sur- that separate me from the youngest in age he just ran amok he was able to do whatever he wanted he would say certain things. I, I would look at my parents. I'd be like, "You're not gonna beat, beat him? him? Yeah, you're not gonna beat him? Beat, him. <laughs> beat that boy! Like, what is wrong with you? Beat Have that you guys, boy! 
you guys have lost it. I'm like, you guys have lost the energy. You've lost the fire. Beat him. Like, that's exactly what you would normally do. So that process to your question of trying to hang out, I think it became much easier for them because of the trials and tribulations that I went through. Mm-hmm. But it'd always be like, oh, hey, mom or dad. Actually, you have to figure out who was better to ask. Mm. At a certain point in high school, like nearing the end, my dad seemed like the easier target, but he had started to realize that. I'd be like, oh, hey, dad, um, a couple of friends want to go do X. Like, um, can I uh, go hang out with them? And he would immediately say, go ask your mom. mom. Yes. And I'm like, shit. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so then you have to be game plan. You got a game that. plan for the mom. Hey, mom. How are you? Oh, good. How was work? It was good. Okay. Um, so in um, a couple friends, they want to go hang out. Um, yeah. Do you mind if I go? I asked dad. But he said to make sure that it was good with you. Because you don't want to overplay your hand and say that he said it was okay. You don't want to abuse it because they'll, they'll both exactly. come down on you. Yeah, you want to make sure that she knows that the power of the power is in her hands. Mm-hmm. Your fate is in her hands. Mm-hmm. So then it became, okay, so who are your friends? Who's all going? What are you guys going to do? What time do you anticipate? And all these other questions that came in, the flurry of questions. And if you're able to pass that, then likely she's like, okay, well, if it's okay with your dad, then it's okay with me. The problem too also is that the other like hard fact is that my parents are very much so in sync, Mm. even when they're not in the same room. At this point, they've been, December will be like 30, I think 32 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. God bless that. Oh, no, no, no. 31, 31, 31. Yeah, 31. So they literally um, can not be in different rooms and know the response that the other one is going to give and often give the same response, which is very infuriating, especially if it's a negative response. (laughs) So if you try one and then you think you're going to go try the other, likely you're getting the same response. So it was just, it was difficult. It was difficult. Sometimes I do agree with you. I did feel like I was missing out i do think like in the younger years i missed out on um some things because it was a little bit of a tighter hold Mm. um for good reason right like safety and um just making sure that you didn't get corrupted but it doesn't register when you a shorty though you know what i mean it does not register when you're shorty you like it doesn't make sense i mean now that i'm like you know again i'm a parent i'm married i'm I'm mature i understand it i see it all the same fears start to reemerge, and i'm just like okay i get it now like i have a nine-year-old girl and i'm just like some things when she asks me for certain things i i see my parents the that that spirit of them is starting to reemerge in my own spirit where i you know i'm like why are you doing this She's like, oh, yeah. daddy, can I do this? I'm like, for what? Like, what is this? What's that? Yeah. And so you she, start like, to understand. Like, I'm the parent now that, yeah. like, my wife is the target. Like, Wanda is the target. If, if, yeah, if, if, if my baby girl wants to go get something, she'll ask her mom. And her mom is not the one that's like, go ask your dad. So, yeah. and, then, and then she sits there and she's like, Never mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, do I really want to go through all this? <laughs> She'd be like, never mind. And, yeah. you know, so sometimes when she, ask me for stuff i'll have to think about it and i because i naturally my my impulsive reaction is to do the same thing my parents did to me but then i'll think about it and i'll be like 
well, let's see. And then I'll say like, okay, well, you know, I'll give you a half, you know, I'll give you a little bit of this. Maybe you have to this time to do this, do that. But like my natural reaction is to just kind of mimic my parents as far as certain things. And I'm just like, why are you doing this? Why are you watching TV? You should supposed to be reading your book. Like, like that's how I am now. And I'm just like, yo, <laughs> like, I mean, as, as you, as you grow up, another thing that you start to realize is that they start to explain the thought process or it comes up of the thought process of like how they made some of those decisions mm -hmm. and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that, um, you know, being from an immigrant household and especially a Nigerian one, it was almost like when it's said, it's not up for discussion. Mm -hmm. So you don't really have a good understanding as to why they may say no towards you doing certain things or buying certain things. But then afterwards, like, you know, I'm 29 now. They'll explain, like, we've had conversations over the years that it's like, oh, yeah, this is, we made a very, like, concerted effort to make sure that, like, X was done mm -hmm. in the house. And you're like, oh, mm -hmm. that makes sense. But that clarity, not having that clarity when you're younger, um, especially in your teen years, is very frustrating. And, also, and it just feels like they're just trying to restrain you for no reason. Exactly. Exactly. But anyone else, um, what was it like? What was it like? Leslie, what about you? I agree with everything Hatu said, but you also have to include everything you've done already to prove that you deserve the ability to go out, right? Like, I've done my homework. I've cleaned my yes. room. <laughs> I got an A on my last yes. test. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> everything to prove your worthiness and your friends, too. Oh, no, no, oh, no. Oh, my no. God. She wants to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> anything that will help your case at all and it's really like you have to really like prepare it's like a presentation and a powerpoint so you're so formal yeah exactly it's very formal but it's like you have to be you have to come ready you know if we were kids and i wish if, if powerpoint was available we would literally have to give a powerpoint presentation You'd be like this is where we're going it's safe we're not that far from the house here's my friend jennifer jennifer's parents are also african they're from emo. They're also, as a matter of fact, she wants to be a doctor and not just any doctor, a surgeon. She gets straight A's. She, she also has to ask her parents. Her parents said it was okay, right? She goes to church. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have to give this whole thing and you be like, wow. Like, and then your parents will still be like, oh, we'll think about it. Like, and, and then hopefully, like, like uh, to exactly. mention, likely, very likely, that you'll go, you have to cross your fingers and just sometimes I used to just tell my friends, I can't promise you nothing. <laughs> I can't make no promises. The answer is probably no. If it is, yes, we'll all be surprised. That's normally my default yeah, response. Yeah, sometimes I'll be like, I can't come, sorry. Like, no, I'm not even going to bother today. <laughs> if you don't got the energy. Oh, <laughs> man. It's a surprise we're not all lobbyists, honestly, because you start <laughs> to build the <laughs> real easy. Real quickly. Yeah. I would argue that it's even more different when you're a girl. Like, I don't know if Ashley and Leslie can attest to this, but like, you know, I'm the oldest as well, the oldest of seven. Mm -hmm. the, after me, I'm nine years older then. But it's like, I feel like every time I wanted to do something, my dad was the main person I go ask. He's the only person that really had like a say so. So it'd be like, dad, I want to go to the movies. Who are you going with? What's their name? Who's driving? What's the license plate? What's the number of the person driving? What's this? And it's like, why do you need all those? Because you're my daughter. And then human trafficking comes in. And then I, I saw the news yesterday. And then this girl got stolen. And then that girl got this. I'm just like, you know what? I don't even want to go no more. Because now I'm scared. Like, you know, at least uncle gave you an explanation. Typically, what happens is, why are you asking me questions? 
Like, I said so, so go and do what I tell you. Like, that's typically what would be the response. So the fact that you got an explanation is, is actually a plus one for you. I'm going to try I had a dramatic explanation once for my dad, which I was like, dad, it's not that serious. Like, and to this day, I agree, it's not that serious. I was probably like a sophomore in high school and I wanted to stay out till like, I don't know, maybe 11 instead of 10 one day. Mm-hmm. And um, of course he was like, absolutely not. Like you're pushing it with 10, what are you talking about? And when I came home from like the grocery store or something, he was like, go to the, go to the office and open up page three of the newspaper and so I opened up page three of the newspaper and it's this story about this girl who was like murdered and they found her two days later. He's like, I don't want that happening to you. I'm like, like in Naperville, Illinois. I shouldn't be laughing, like, but that's dramatic. I'm just trying to go to the movies. Wait, have you ever sat and just imagined him reading the newspaper and being like, yes, this is good evidence. <laughs> yes, this is driving Bookmark this. And leaving, yeah, he folding the page at page three yes. and saying, "Yes, I'm gonna use this when I need it." I mean, there's there's got to be no way that he there's didn't no just have. Story. There's no way that he didn't just think like Leslie's gonna come home, and as soon as he came home, he just had a smirk on his face, like it's time. God, God. <laughs> like, like this he is wasn't perfect. In the office, he was in the living room. Like he pointed to the. I'm like, you weren't even. That means you weren't reading this recently. He like, had it archived. It was archived for this perfect moment. The guy probably was like, I know my daughter, and I know is going to. This is it. <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> you came in that door. He said, "It's showtime." Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Let's go." Yo, it's y'all, I want to. I want to. Well, Ashley, I want you to say your piece real quick. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's pretty much everything that you all have mentioned already, you know, have to come prepared to ask my father, you know, can I go see my friends or whatever. But I think I had a very special childhood in the sense that I had a lot of cousins that lived near me Uh and I ended up hanging out with my cousins mostly. And then go figure my best friends, one of them, his mom worked with my mom and my godmother. So they knew his parents, other best friend. She lived down the street from me, but we were in band together from middle school parents knew each other. So it's literally like, hey, yeah, you know the person that we frequently see all the time and their parents that you already know and you've approved? I would like to hang out with them, please. I've done my homework. Um, my room is clean. Heck, I will cut the grass for you if you need. Um, is there anything you, else you, you, know, you need done? And so I think I was kind of spoiled in that sense. Um, and then like in high school, I played sports, so I had no free time. I had zero free time at all, so. <laughs> you know, can I ask, can I ask a question? Yeah. Can we all, can we differentiate between hanging out versus hanging out plus sleeping over? Oh, yes. Oh, that wasn't happening. (laughs) Sleeping over? First of all, sleepover. Complete different situation. Like you needed, you needed to not only, first of all, in order for you to even qualify for sleepover status, you needed to have straight A's. You needed to have a letter from your teacher saying you were the best student. You needed to have an award at the end of the semester, at the end of the school year, saying you had perfect attendance and you were most likely to succeed. Like you needed to have everything because we all know, we all know as, as in immigrant households that so long as you are getting good grades, you can pretty much do anything. Like you, you can pretty much do a lot of things and get a lot of sl- a credit and slack, I should say. But sleepover, huh? <laughs> Please tell me, tell me what that was like. That's that was a whole different ball game. I remember very vividly, like even, <laughs> you, 
Oh my god. The sleeping over was just a different thing. I there was only one family that I really that we really ever slept over at their place. It's like my best friend um who his younger brother happens to be my immediate younger brother's best friend and it's probably in part because we spent so much time hanging out with each other because our parents were comfortable with us hanging out with each other and mm-hmm. sleeping over at each other's places. They went to the same church. They mm-hmm. went. We went to middle school with them. They were African. They were Kenyan. So those things made it a lot easier. So there was a lot less resistance in that sense of like, okay, how do I mount this campaign to be able to get this to happen? There was one other family, which coincidentally the the guy was uh my good friend his younger brother is still my younger uh brother's good friend we're actually still good friends with the family right and they're white and that was that we started staying over at their house like maybe like at the end of high school for um patrick and i i remember one time very vividly i went into uh, my dad's office i was like hey dad he's like what's up how can i help you i was like um can I sleep over at Patrick's place later today? He's like, for what? I'm like, I don't know, just to stay over. He's like, two grown men staying over, sleep over. For what reason? I said, nothing. We're just, we're just hanging out. He said, okay, two grown men sleep over. Okay, have fun. And that was it. And I was like, bro, did you think that you were going to shame me out of the sleepover? Like, what are you doing? So it was just like, always there was always some kind of resistance again as i've grown older i've started to realize some of the apprehension that a parent can have in those situations Mm -hmm. because like a if you're not doing what you actually if you if it's not actually a sleepover and you're using it to do other things or b like just of like you being in harm's way yourself Mm -hmm. like i start to see that but it was the campaign that needed to be mounted to get that to happen a lot of times was just not worth it. I think the word is perfect campaign. It's a campaign. It's a campaign. Wow. Yeah. No sleepovers. I can't even, I can probably count in one hand the amount of times throughout my entire life that I slept over someone's, someone's house. Probably no more than four times. No more than four times. If I was lucky, that was, that's, I can't remember any other time. It was always like, these other people are going to sleep over. Why cannot like, in order for me to go and sleep over one of my friends, I had to like beg and like cry and do everything. I actually to cry was like, why are you crying? But like seriously, it was, you know, it was a difficult. I don't know how many of y'all like Ashley, Namin, where were y'all at with this whole situation? Namin, I kind of know your situation, but like I feel like I had one sleepover. Actually, it was at your house. That don't I count. That don't count. Like that's family. Like go stay at Kelly's house. I was like, bet. I was there for like a week. And yeah. Came, and then I was never at a sleepover again. His whole thing is people can sleep at our house because he knows what happens is in, in his house. Mm-hmm. He can know that. I can't go nowhere. It's dead. Yep. I had the same exact experience. I couldn't go to anyone else's house, but sure, if we know the parents, they can come here. Right. You know, Absolutely. bring the parents, let, let us meet them. Um, I think I probably had three or four birthday parties where, yeah, I had my friends sleep over. Other than that, if you are not related to me by blood, why are you here? Why are you going? What is the purpose of this? <laughs> exact same. Although we didn't really have people sleeping over my house that often either. They could come over, but they have to leave. <laughs> and we can't sleep over. Yeah, relatives. That's it. I, I normally got the, <clears throat> what What do you have in someone else's house that you don't have in your own house, that you can't enjoy your own house? 
that was <laughs> I see y'all reaction. That was the the speech that used to always get me. Like, why are you going to other people's houses? Don't you have you have food in your house? There's TV in your house. You're we're paying the bill. You have cable. You're doing this, and I'm like, it's not about that. It's about just spending time with other people than you. Like, and she's like, no, you need to stay in your house. You need to learn how to enjoy your own house. And I'm like. But I mean, now that I'm an old, I mean, I'm a whole, I'm a homebody, so now I enjoy my crib. But like, you know, really, the whole pandemic. Yeah, I'm like, I'm enjoying the crib. I'm not even complaining. This whole pandemic, I've been home having a blast, and I was just like, wow, like, all these things kind of come back. Um, and, and it's a, it's a major plot twist. But I want to go back to something that's interesting. How to you mentioned this when we talk about being the oldest, and you see your siblings, and you're just like beat them man when they do something different and you know i want to know what y'all experience was like growing up as far as like whoopings and beatings right because i used to think like especially for me growing up in an immigrant immigrant household you know there's something to be said about when you tell someone that's not in that household or is unfamiliar with an immigrant household that you're getting beaten compared to (laughs) a whooping right even whoopings are shaky you know what i mean but like i used to i had to learn how to watch my language Right. Because like even like with my wife, who's African-American, like when I want to like, I'll beat him and she's just like beat him like that's abuse. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's it's it's, a, it's so I have to be like, it's a whooping. Right. And a whooping sounds softer. But have you all had did you, what words do y'all use in your household? Was it beaten? Was it whooping? I, I mean, I'm curious. Did y'all get whooped? Like, I, that's another question. No, it's beatings. Honestly, <laughs> it's beatings. And <laughs> I don't like like. Whoopings, you're right. Sounds too soft. Spankings, even softer. Right. No, it was a beating. However, you have to be very careful around, like you said, who you're saying this around because you don't want CPS showing up at at the door. Like we heard about some reports of beatings. I will say that um, you. I I will when I I will check to see people's reaction after I say beatings. And then if I have to say anything afterwards to calm them down, mm-hmm. um, then I will. Now, for everybody's purpose, I think it was very fundamental. I, I strongly believe that they made me and my brothers the men that we the men that we are today. I will say that they were never it was never something it was never anything that was excessive, mm-hmm. right? Like it wasn't anything that like they enjoyed doing it. In fact, we felt like it terrorized my dad more than anything and it was a lot it was it, it came to a point where it was a mutual understanding at one point like I, I there was one time i will never forget this i was 12 and i was bigger than my dad but that's not a small person but i'm a big person mm-hmm. and my dad hit me actually in this room over there he <laughs> not me. that you pointing out landmarks <laughs> he, he hit me on my chest and i just looked at him and he looked at me and then he turned away, he muttered some stuff, and he never beat me again. And that was, like, literally <laughs> it. Because, like, at that point, it wasn't really effective. And we just had a mutual understanding that this was the end of the road of where that happened. And mm-hmm. I was pretty well behaved. But, mm-hmm. like, that was just something that was never going to happen. My mom, on the other hand, kept that going and was using things like nails. Oh, and, like, my God. Was, Yo, was, women are wild. I'm telling you, mothers nails. are wild. You use the. I don't know how you learn this cruel practice. Tap on the back of the skull. I still can't do it because it still hurts. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's to your point. Yes, I think beatings is the most accurate term. Um, but it's not as crazy as it sounds. Yeah. 
anyone else want to chime in? I mean, yeah, similar things. Um, I would say a lot of it stopped for me by about middle school because I was overall well-behaved. I would say I'm a very active person, and unfortunately for my parents, it was more so me doing something foolish where I was actually hurt. Mm -hmm. So trying to punish me for it was almost like, you're already going to the hospital. Like, this is just go to your room and please don't touch anything. Don't move. Don't speak. Mm -hmm. Please read five books and write an essay on this at this point because how, how have you hurt yourself? Why? You know, so <laughs> there was a lot of frustration for my parents' sake on that. But, yeah, no, there was definitely a period where I was um, really good friends with wooden spoons. Oh, the wooden spoons. The wooden spoons mm. to the, to the mm. hand or the leg? Oh, mm. it's on the bone. To the bone. <laughs> Oh my god, yo. Oh, oh god, flashbacks. <laughs> hey, I have a question. What's up? So did anybody else's parents make a production of the whole situation? Like, let's say you've done something wrong, and then your parent calls you, and they let you know, when I get home, it's going down. So then the whole day... You are shook. You are shook. Ever. You're sitting there, and then sometimes they get there, and they don't even do nothing. It's like the psychological torture of it all was beyond what, at that point, you're just like, here, I'm ready. <laughs> just let's get it over with, right? <laughs> let's get it. Yo, my mom did that one time. So back, I don't remember what exactly happened, but back then, like my mom was like side hustling, selling phone cards. Y'all remember how the phone cards used to scratch off and give the people the number and all that to call home. So like, I remember I must've gave like so a little bit one for free to someone that one of my aunties and it was, I wasn't supposed to, I was supposed to get him something. But as we all know, grown up immigrant, most of the time our parents will leave us at home alone <laughs> when we're at, at, of age, right? To, you know, do whatever. Don't pick up the phone. Don't pick up the phone for anybody. Don't do that, all that rule. But she called me and she was like, when I come home, you see what I'll do to you. And when my mom says these words right here, she always says these words and I know she's dead ass. She'd be like, stupid and bastard. I'm going to show you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and when she says those words, I'm like, shit, like I'm in trouble. And this is when we was in Chicago, we was living on the north side. Like we lived in this one bedroom apartment before we moved into our house in the sixth floor at Gunnison. You remember Gunnison, the men, right? So like we were, on, and we were this one bar. So I was sleeping on this air mattress and my mom come home right there. The living room is right there, y'all. And she ain't do nothing. She ain't say nothing. She even acted like everything was cool. She's like, how are you? How was your day? Everything was good. Your mommy was fine. It was fine. Yo, she waited until I was asleep. She said, uh-huh. <laughs> Getting ready to go to bed. After I finished taking my bed shower and everything. Sheesh, man. Like, she got this little, it was the wooden spoon. Yo, like, I felt it. Like, I felt that one. And that was one of, like, one of the few last times. Because, like, I was well-behaved. But it was one of those things where, like, it wasn't. I think she, my mom evolved from whooping me. Because she realized that Kelly doesn't do too much. That's what they call me when I was younger. But, like, Kelly doesn't really do too much. But what really hurts Kelly is the guilt trip and having everybody call him and shame him. So, like, she would have everyone call. She would tell everyone that, like, this is what your boy has been doing. This is one Kelechi that you've been telling that he's a good boy. Kelechi, come on, see what Kelechi has done now. Come on, see the real Kelechi. Come on, see what Kelechi has been doing. I'm like, ah, oh, man. Like, and everybody would be calling, like, ah, Kelly, like, why would you do such a thing? Can you imagine? Like, we've been saying so many good things about you. Now we are hearing this. How can we do? How can you do this? And I'm just like, wow. Like, you, you really. Like, you really process, and you are manipulative, mother. Like, you just are telling these people all these things. So she just evolved because beatings, and that's another thing. Let me go back and, and just 
clarify for those who are listening and again we we're talking about beatings it's not child abuse in that regard because one of the things and the reason i always say is never child abuse is that i always believe personally that abuse is when you just beat someone out of sheer anger to the point where you just you have no reason behind it you're just beating them because you have the power to beat them and make them feel like beneath you and crap every and i can i know i'm speaking for all of us every african or just immigrant whooping that we received there was always an explanation even in the process of it like when they be like are you stupid you should have done it You're like you always get on the beat, on on the the beat. beat. in yeah. rhythm in rhythm we used to get whooped in rhythm and they wonder mm-hmm. why we dance so well but like we would get whooped and it would be an explanation like didn't i tell you don't do this why not that don't you want to? and then after you even get whooped again and then when they see you they've explained to you with insults, but they'll explain to you that you did this when you're not supposed to be doing this. You must be a stupid, <laughs> you must be a stupid boy. Like, shame on you. And I used to be like, man, okay, like, I feel, I don't feel as bad because I understand what they're saying. I'm wrong, but it hurt. But like, when I would tell people, you know, explain, like, when I'm even when explaining to my wife sometimes, I'd be like, it's not a beating. Like, I didn't just get my ass kicked for no reason. Like, I completely understand what my misdoings were. It's just that that actual process was not to be messed with at all. It was a full down, like low down. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to explain for the, for the listeners and, and everything. Um, Leslie, what about you? Because you came in with American. You got the American mom and 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 you know your African dad. Even though she's half is half too. Like, how was that? I didn't really get too many beatings. However, the word beatings makes me laugh. Just because Nigerians are very dramatic when it comes to that. True. So, <laughs> whenever I hear that, I'm like, if you want to be abused, like you said, it's just like discipline. But I didn't get too many whoopings myself, but that guilt trip, that's what I would, I get this, my mom was one of six. And so I would get calls from all of her siblings and occasionally my like oldest, oldest, oldest cousins too. And I was like, you don't even live here. <laughs> like, why are you in my business? <laughs> so that, that was a real punishment for me. That concludes the first half of the second installment of the Growing Up Immigrant Talk series. I hope y'all are enjoying the conversation so far. If you want to hear the second half of our 90 minute plus conversation, all you got to do is go to the feed wherever you found this podcast episode on your favorite podcast listening apps. Make sure to subscribe and then you can just scroll down wherever you found this episode. You can find part two or probably what I'll call the second half right next to it. So just click on that, download it, subscribe, you know, and you will hear the rest of the full conversation, which is a very dope finish. Thank you all for just tuning in and, and continue to pay attention. I'll catch you at part two. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lambert. My black is transnational. And I hope by the end of this, yours will be too. Peace.